okay hello hello check one two three um my computer says you can hear me anchor says you can hear me i don't know if that's true um i'm about to do something and this is either a monumentally fantastic idea or a monumentally awful one um but i'm going to record while doing my hair um yeah i had to do my hair and um it's been you know a nice little minute and i also had to record this podcast so i figure hmm, why not kill two birds with one stone right so now here we are um and i'm gonna do this and i might regret it because well first of all um immediately as soon as i got everything in place to start recording i realized i was gonna regret it because the fact that I'm doing my hair means that I can't hold the mic uh, to my mouth, which is like my favorite part of recording this podcast. So already, you know, this is uh, just, you know, just not as fun of an experience, I think. Um, And then just, uh, you should know, dear listener, that doing my hair has never been especially doing my hair myself. First of all, I'm not good at it. I literally just started being good at it. Like, last year like in 2019 maybe um at the earliest because my friend taught me how to do my own hair do something with my hair during the pandemic um but you should know like the experience of me doing my own hair the experience that I have had of doing my own hair not great reader listener um, not the most fun. I really don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy that I have to do it. It's um, just one of those things that's like I, by nature of being the person that I am, I have to participate in it in some form. And, you know, whoever wants to, but, you know, here I am. So let me first start by just using this little... I have, so you should know, like, what I'm doing. I'll just talk about that first, and then we'll we'll go see where this goes, of course. Um, so what I, what I have to begin with in my hair, um, I cut it short in 2019. I was like, I'm doing a big chop, specifically because I want to look like a boy. So I cut all my hair off to look like a boy, and left a little bit on the top to have, like, a little quaff, like a little bruno mars like uh classic james brown kind of quaff um and it stays looking okay for like two days before uh i dislike it but the fade the low fade the low sides are really good um and that's like probably my favorite part so but you should know right now i have kind of that cut except it's grown out very far on the sides So on the sides, I'm applying, um, I don't know, am I allowed to say, like the brand? On the sides, I'm applying Not Your Mother's Curl Talk Sculpting Gel, (laughs) Um, but just in general, just like a gel to curl it up to keep it kind of locked in place. I put the leave-in conditioner in it earlier and have left that in for probably about, about 20 minutes since I put that in. And, um... Since it's a leave-in, like, I'm just leaving it in. Um, And tell me if I'm doing something wrong with my hair. Like, I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm doing just following all the advice that other people gave me. And it's other Black people, so, you know, at least I know I can trust it. And it's always people whose hair looks nice. I wouldn't, like, (laughs) trust random strangers whose hair is popped. Like, that would be so sad. Um, But... Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say about this. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with it. But basically what I'm doing to it is I'm going to curl it. Um, like on the sides, I'm just going to let the little side curls be themselves. And stay. hopefully they'll stay in place. And then the top part, I'm going to do a concentrated curl. And I'm going to separate it into sections. Um, and just curl each little section. Give each section its own little curl. Um, separate it into semi-small pieces, as my friend said. What was funny, though, is like, she was like, I didn't say that. I'm like, you literally were like, separate it into semi-small pieces. She's like, what the fuck is a semi-small piece? I was like, you tell me. 
Anyway, also, <laughs> I'm doing this in the middle of the day, which is a little unusual, I guess, for me. Um, I wouldn't say it's like super unusual, but it's not, you know, the previous episodes I've recorded uh, have been at various times of the evening. So my friend might call me in the middle of this, which would be very funny and interesting. I'd have to be like, hi, I'm recording a podcast. Bye. Um, and she'd be like, a what? Bye. <laughs> and but you would all know that it's her. Like, oh, that's the friend who taught me how to do hair. But she called me earlier. We were playing phone tags. So we might play phone tag again. Um, so yeah, that's uh, what I'm doing. This method that she taught me is called the LOC method. Um, I believe it's leave-in oil cream. I could be wrong about the L, but it's the LOC method. I, I think it would be very funny if I was wrong about the L. Um, and I also haven't put oil in it yet because I didn't want it to completely dry out because it's much easier for me to work with wet curls. Um, if you have, if you are a person with curls, you may know. I mean, as you hopefully know, I'm a black person who was socialized as a girl growing up. Um, but I also, you know, kind of rejected that growing up anyway, like to, from the jump, like let's begin <laughs> because I never particularly had that much interest in the things that were the options that were presented to me as a child. Um, I think, you know, with like, it's funny, you can kind of see it with my older sister. Um, you can, uh, you can just tell that like, oh, you you didn't you were given these options and you never considered that there might be something else that you could do um you just like did the things that you were given like chose out of what you were given and I was like I always liked that she was a little outside the box but I think that might she might also just not care you know um I would ask her she has a YouTube channel CC's Jewel go check them out um <laughs> her and her her and her boo have a little YouTube channel. They're cishet people, so I can't speak to what they do. Um, <laughs> I can't really speak to their mindset. But as far as couples go, they're very cute and very sweet, and they like each other a lot. And um, the thing for, like, the man is, like, I was very worried that my older sister was straight because I was there are a lot of um homophobic men just in the world in general but like there are a lot of homophobic men and I was worried that she would like end up with someone homophobic not because I think that I think so low of her like I do I don't think that she would date somebody who she who actually was homophobic but I think that like even without homophobia like even outside of that there's still like a number of things that someone could be that's uh, still dangerous without being like actively homophobic. But the, you know, the one that she chose, like he's not any of those things. It's wild. He's like getting a PhD in higher education. It's fucking insane. Um, and he worked in, in student development uh doing just like like as a counselor kind of like uh so knowing that and knowing the way that he they have a very strong kind of like um politic um he is a much stronger politic um this was a lot of things that like I will talk about that he understands that I, what I'm talking about like about uh marginalized identities and oppression and whatnot um that my older sister has never particularly studied um <laughs> So that's always fun and interesting that I'm just like, um, can you explain to her what this is? Because I don't feel like it. And he's like, yeah, um, he has much more patience for her, which is great for them. <laughs> it's great. Um, and not to say like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't think my implying that I have less patience than my sister's boyfriend is a bad thing or like tells you. I think it definitely tells a lot about our relationship, but um, she's just a lot. She's just, I mean, the women in my family are pretty extra and that's okay. Like I'm okay with it. Uh, well, but my older sister just, you know, we were, we're only a couple years apart. So we were raised 
together. We had a whole childhood together and we basically find, I mean, I definitely found ways to push her buttons as a kid too, for sure. Like I definitely intentionally used to annoy her um, because it was fun. And I (laughs) I grew out of that pretty soon when I realized like how annoying I really was being. And now like we just find ways to push each other's buttons. Like she definitely, some things that she does, it's just like, oh my God, calm down. Um, So there's, you know, it's it's a it's a two-way street though siblings are siblings and I mean now that we don't live together like once we stopped seeing each other a lot we really got along much better like I missed her so much she uh (laughs) when she started band in high school she was a couple years ahead of me so um she was she was doing band and she was always gone like suddenly she just literally was not home and I missed her so much and that's when our relationship started getting better and uh it's just it just is very telling that's like oh all we need is some distance and some time and like we are the best of friends when we get together like we can go out and like she like she was so excited when I finally turned 21 so that I could go drink with her um because yeah like we we hype each other up we're it's great it's so fun um we know how to in the best way so that's the best part about like the relationship but yeah in longer form and for longer amounts of time longer we stay together the more i personally like do less to appease her and it's always it's usually about like making sure that she's happy and then once she's unhappy then it's (laughs) it's annoying for me and it just becomes a feedback loop um of us being upset about upset at each other um but we haven't had that in a in a while in a nice hot long time because we don't live together (laughs) and it's great but and uh okay we are done with the first back row of curls i think i'm only gonna have another two or three sections to do i'm gonna have to scrunch the sides of my head but (laughs) I'm going to be one of those. And then once I'm, <laughs> I forgot, that's what I was doing. Yeah, once I finish uh, with my hair, I'm going to put on lotion so that you guys are still a part of, I, I still haven't done that since I got out of the shower, um, so that I can include you all in the process. Like this is about, I guess this is like a self-care thing or something, but I wanted to make sure that it wasn't suddenly like, oh, I went from having to do a thing to, okay, I finished the thing. So now we're just going to talk. We're talking while I do something, which is exactly probably what you're doing. You're probably washing the dishes or doing your hair yourself and uh, whatever, whatever. But yeah, so (sighs) my relationship with my hair is incredibly complex. Um, I think part of the reason, part of the thing, part part of my realization of my identity came from understanding that other identities didn't have to do certain things, like didn't have certain expectations on them. Um, and like my hair was just a huge moment of that, I think. Like, uh, I would say I'm sorry I have to I had to make sure that I had like a good straight line of of hair to to work with um I would say like realizing that I had white male counterparts who were rolling out of bed in the morning not even really thinking about their hair um while I had to I just, my hair was just a cause of so much stress for me as a child. Um, because if I had it like for, there was at least a quite a few years where my mom just did my hair. Um, and it took a while for me to start going regularly to a shop. But after a while, you know, once I got into about fifth and sixth grade, my mom did not have time to do my hair on top of making lunch for us. Um, and I will, let me just go on this tiny tangent about how when I was in the fifth grade or when I started fourth grade, like the lunch program 
for the district changed and my family no longer qualified for reduced lunch. So my mom, instead of paying for the lunch prices, she realized she could just make us the food that they were going to have. Um, so she started like making the same food, you know, you get the little lunch menu and she started just making us whatever everybody else is having. We just brought it in, in wrapped in foil and in thermoses and all kinds of stuff. It was really fun. Um, kids were always really interested and we had these little tiny, okay, I'm going to need to separate this. Uh, I had a piece of hair that was too big. We had these little tiny Heinz ketchup bottles that were like saved from like room service in the seventies. Um, and like, I remember one of the lunch ladies literally brought over all the other lunch ladies to come look at it. Cause they were like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> they were like, look at what this child brought to school. Like who now that's yeah. Um, my mom was just old fashioned. My mom's just old fashioned like that. Um, even in the fifth grade, but yeah. So once I got to middle school, like my mom did not have time to do my hair every morning on top of doing my little sister's hair every morning. And that was, I guess the age, my older sister started doing her own hair. So my mom was like, you gonna do your own hair. And Ooh boy, <laughs> I couldn't even braid. I still can't even braid. Like I couldn't even do like basic, like baby braids almost. Like I, I'm not good with it, y'all. I never really learned, like I never really took the time to learn how to braid. I can sort of do it. I mean, my own hair anyway. I can kind of braid other, other hair, other people's hair, other things that are separated. Like I can braid stuff, but hair, mm, black hair, and it's not wet. That's the thing, like wetting our hair all the time, like we couldn't do it. Um, it would just, we would have to just do it dry. So it was much more difficult. Anyway, yeah. So when I got to that, those, that age, like where I started having to do my own hair, it was a ponytail, um, and a side bang. If I wanted to be adventurous, I invented the side bang in the sixth grade. I swear to God. Um, that was my shit. I don't know what else to tell you. Like <laughs> I was truly like the goth, kid the goth black kid with my side gang side bang I wasn't goth I was seen um <laughs> but that was genuinely me um in that age so that was how I did my hair for quite a while like it was like if I ever needed to do it and it wasn't like done by a hairstylist then it was a little ponytail with a little side bang bam bam wham bam thank you ma'am like let's go and when I would get my hair done by someone, like I was always so precious with it because, but like in a way that uh, middle schoolers, like middle school boys don't care about, um, which is always very upsetting. But like even the, it's the thing, going to a black elementary school, middle school, um, and then going to a white Catholic school was like just such a stark difference but it was like there were even and even like a white church like I didn't my church wasn't related to the school I'm not I didn't I wasn't raised Catholic but my church was majority white um and so the other kids I was in things like in summer VBS and 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 just Sunday school in general like them white boys didn't know shit about black women's hair so when we, I'd be like, don't, you know, get me wet. Like, don't spray water on me. That's not funny. You're going to get my hair wet. It's going to mess it up. They did not understand that. And like, I would have fought, like, I still would fight. Like, it still actually brings up so much um, anger in me that I was still to this day, like, fight any man or person who didn't seem to understand that you cannot... <laughs> They're like getting someone's hair wet after they've gotten it done is like like honestly it's like it's like robbing me like that's the thing because you pay a certain amount of money to get your hair done like it's not cheap to have a woman like to out for a black woman to like carve out the time to go to a salon especially the one that they like their hairdresser like the personal connection with their hairdresser that's like you only go to see them um, to carve out the time to go and see your specific hairdresser and then have him have it washed and go through the entire processes of getting it styled um, only for someone to fucking just drench it on their own accord without 
asking or saying anything it's 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 and the amount of money it's like it's it makes me want to fight i would genuinely fucking fight someone over it so it's um it it just uh that was like when i realized i was like wow there's a this is a like that's a stress that i have to deal with because i'm a black person who was socialized as a woman um that other people <laughs> that's like oh if you're not socialized as that then you don't have to deal with it um then it's like either you genuinely outright don't think about it the way that white men do or as a black man you understand and you have your own culture around hair um but you st- it's still okay i was talking i <sighs> It, it was very upsetting, but, you know, I clicked away in the middle of my recording, obviously. Um, but anyway, I got 10 minutes left before my quote unquote break. So here we go. We're going to keep going for 10 more minutes. Um, but yeah, that was sort of an awakening of realizing that there are the even just hair like is political <laughs> and there is a an incredible amount of effort that needs to be put in in order to be perceived in a way uh, that is non-threatening and uh, traditional. I, I don't know how to say it. Like, um, in, in order to be perceived in a way that's acceptable to white people, basically. Um, so it's like there's all this effort that we have to put in in order to do it. And then it's like they don't even give a fuck. <laughs> that we put in all this effort and like they will just ruin it because they think that it's some game and they think it's the same as white women um just being dramatic about their hair whereas like and 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 there there were like times where it was just like y'all hate us like you genuinely hate us um and I guess I'll have to go into this like I I I do want to because if Greg fucking Bim is listening like he needs to know how many black women's hair he's responsible for ruining. Um, like he, as a, as a band director, (sighs) Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop and I'm going to, well, I guess I can bleep that. Um, but the, as a band director, this man would constantly make people stay out in the rain um for rehearsal like and it's I mean I get it you can't go inside every single time there's a little drizzle or whatever the fuck but it was truly there were I mean there were moments where you know on a, on a power trip it's like oh it's rain and you all run to get whatever to cover up and and and, and you look weak or whatever the fuck so he'll like make you stand at attention uh while it's raining on you just so you just like it's like oh don't break it's just like you if you break then you'll get punished it's like (sighs) but even just that five minutes or even just that couple of minutes can absolutely ruin a black woman's hair that uh again like it would really it would truly be one thing it would really be something if there weren't hair fucking acceptability policies in the goddamn school like it wouldn't mean anything if you know if I could show up with my hair looking any kind of way but it's a private catholic school and you just simply cannot show up with your hair looking any kind of way especially not a black woman like they like I don't know I don't know what to tell you guys like if you've never seen just like a black woman with anything in more than three B hair, anything further ethnic than three B hair, um, just with their natural hair just out. It's natural, like naturally an Afro, but perhaps not as even like Afros in the seventies were very much like styled to be even in that it as fluffed out as possible. Um, but if you don't do anything with it, it won't, it won't be even, and therefore it will be associated basically with all kinds of negative stereotypes, negative anti-black stereotypes, essentially, like, and we all know this, and, 
it affects the way people are perceived and it affects the way that people interact with you all day. And it, and white people know that they are not comfortable <laughs> with a black person with uneven, natural African black hair. Um, and see, I won't even say nappy um, because white people use that as an insult. Um, and I think that I believe that nappy is a descriptor, <laughs> but white people are going to like white people aren't allowed to use it like you're not allowed to say nappy if you don't actually have nappy hair um and my hair is when dry i like i can't i really can't even say that my hair is like but it's like anyone non-black basically is like and i don't want to that's the thing like I don't want to stigmatize it, but it's already stigmatized. Um, it either way, but like now it's basically four C. Like it has become another word that you could say. But it's like people know white people know that they're not comfortable. Like they basically they just put every roadblock possible in the way of of black people being acceptable to them it's like even once you've put in the effort to get your hair done like well now i'm going to make you do something that's going to absolutely ruin that so that you have to do it again like restarting resetting the starting block um and it's tiring and it's sickening and i think over the past couple of years like there has been a change um a notable change in the acceptability of white people just actively, you know, being uncomfortable with black people's natural hair in the workplace. Like I think that the natural hair movement um, has done some, something, I don't know. Uh, black women with 4C hair can, can tell me what they think. Um, I'm gonna let y'all speak because I know for me at least, like I feel definitely more comfortable wearing my natural hair. Um, than I did previously, but I also, as a light skin, <laughs> I, uh, with like, with easily, with pretty long hair and like easily straightenable hair, um, I definitely benefited from texturism. So, as well as colorism, obviously. So I only know that like my experience of, um, of hair and anti-blackness is that I was the exception to the rule. And that's why people liked my hair or me or whatever. I don't know if it's me or my hair um, or whatever, but I know that I would get it straightened because it straightened easily. And that was something that I could do to make it look acceptable. And people would be like, oh my God, come on bundles. They're like fucking, um, what's the word? It's like lace wear because it was my natural hair. Um, and people love that at least, or at least like, I don't know, some people love that. <laughs> after, But after a while, you know, it gets old. It's like, I'm glad that we have moved on, especially so it's like, I also don't have to do that with my hair. Like, I don't feel as pressured to do that with my hair. But also, I've like escaped that pressure of my own volition, like as a queer trans, trans mask person, like I have decided I was going to leave <laughs> that. So it's not necessarily a societal thing, I think. Like, it's not, if I was still perf performing femininity, it's possible that I would still be getting my hair straightened regularly and not be doing the natural hair movement. Um, but since I have short hair, it's much easier to manage naturally. Um, and I don't know, boys are allowed to experiment a little bit more with their hair now too. So that's cool as well. Fuck. Okay. I'm just gonna have to redo this curl, but I knew that. Um, so the thing about me doing my own curls is I suck at it. <laughs> so I have to redo them a lot. Uh, I know you can hear that audience. It sounds very gooey probably. Um, okay. Well,
Okay, alright, I'm gonna have to do 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 Okay, just a few more seconds. Um while I close this out, I'm gonna Yeah, just kinda let y'all sit on that for a second while we go to what may be an ad read. It's probably not gonna be an ad read. Um it's probably just gonna be a break. But anyway, yeah. Talk to y'all soon. If I can find the the button. All right, and we are back from whatever the half hour break is. Let's call it. Let's call it an ad read. Let's hope. Let's 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 have some wishful thinking and uh, pretend like I'm gonna make any money off of this. Um, but yeah, so where else can I go with this? You know, what else can I say about my hair? I think, I mean, discovering the undercut truly, I remember I discovered it in like junior year of high school. I really wanted it. I was really into BuzzFeed um, and specifically Gabby at BuzzFeed. Still a big fan, I'm sure. Uh, you know, shout out to Gabby who no longer works at BuzzFeed. Uh, shout out to Gabby Dunn, like seriously, like, a huge queer influence in my life, I think. Um, I hope she knows that. Um, but yeah, like I discovered the undercut and I was like, I want that. But my hairstylist was like, you're about to do prom and graduation and all this other stuff. So we're going to experiment with cuts after that. <laughs> but for right now, we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. And then once you get out of high school you can you can cut it and I was like okay I'm holding you to that um and now here I am out of high school and most of my hair is cut off clap clap like the it's a pitch perfect reference um (laughs) so yeah that's okay we got to do the front line now the front line is the most important line of my hair which means I have to make sure that all of the segments are like the perfect amount of size so that they're not too clunky but also not too thin um and I'm really just like living on a prayer with this because who's to say really what too clunky and too thin even is um truly who's to say I don't know. Ah, I'm just very worried. I'm just a little, very concerned that it's going to come out wrong because I have some large, not large events, but like some important events, some important milestones uh, to attend to soon. And I would like to look presentable if I'm not able to, again, re-chop my hair. Okay, this better be, this had better be clean. Okay, here we go. But, um, yeah, I remember I got, like, this epic undercut from actually my cousin who had just, like, finished cosmetology school, and she didn't really do, I mean, like, I had the upper, the undercut, and she, what she mostly did was, uh, was diet purple which was great diet purple um like a like a drink um but her the guy she was seeing at the time was a barber which is really funny and i'm like i love that that's an adorable couple i have no idea what's going on with them um but she took me to him to get the undercut detailed and the only thing was that she was expensive but it was definitely kind of worth it because he did like these like i I don't know how to to describe it let's call them treadmills it was like four of them all going in different directions and they were diagonal um and he like literally cut the cut my hair so that it that they were going (laughs) in different (laughs) directions it was very weird i was like how did you get the hair to do that i don't know or it was like faded in different direction that's what it was he faded it Um, that's the thing. I don't know my basic terminology, even when it comes to like, like bar, like cuts, like barbershop lingo. Fuck, 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 fuck. There's that one little piece. Sometimes there are little pieces that get away from you, you know? 
and uh, you can't do shit about them. You just gotta keep it up. But I just, I haven't carved out the time to do this. It always feels like so much effort. I mean, I really, I've been up to it since probably like four, maybe technically from the time I got in the shower. Um, and now I've been just, just doing my hair for at least, uh, 34 minutes, um, 35 minutes damn near. So, um, it's, it's a lot of effort that goes into just even the tiny, tiny little bit of hair that I do for myself. Um, I can't imagine having a full head of long hair like I used to and trying to do all of that by myself. I literally refused and still do um, out of my own personal <laughs> unwillingness. I mean, it's a performance. That's the problem is it is a performance. Um, it's part of a performance, I guess. And I refuse to perform. I'm not a clown. Um, I just, yeah, I just feel like that's what, like, that's, like, a uh, part of having short hair is the lack of expectations for other parts of the performance. When you have long hair, like, people expect more parts to your performance um, of gender. And also, I wasn't performing that gender to begin with. But I think short hair is still the performance of a masculine. It could, well, it could be, but then we've had... Um, especially as black women, like there's been a short hair movement for a long time, actually longer since before I was born. Um, like I know that I came into this world and there were like, like bald black women who were reclaiming femininity through their baldness, um, through keeping their hair so short, uh, that it wasn't, that it didn't define them basically. Um, India Ari, I am not my hair. That was, I just have to say, that was my favorite joke on the Black Lady Sketch Show season two. Uh, fucking the, whatever the sketch, it was, I can't remember what the sketch ended up being called, um, but Lacey is in the process of taking down her braids when some cute guy contacts her, some cute guy from the gym, and she's like, shit, how do I, you know, look presentable? while he comes over, before he comes over. Cause I mean, like she started taking her braids down from the top. Um, so it's just like the top of her head messed up. The, the breast of it braids, um, the most tragic look you could ever have hoped to, to be in the middle of when, when interacting with most people. Um, but <laughs> she's like considering all these different ways to cover it up. And she holds up a, a set of clippers and she's like, I am not my hair. Um, and really genuinely considers it before he rings the doorbell. <laughs> it's great. Best joke of the season. Um, but yeah, like I, I knew that there were black women who still performed some aspect of femininity um, without any hair. And I love that. That I love that for them. That's, and, but it's like, so it automatically, it doesn't make my lack of hair masculine per se. And it's obviously, I think a lot of people know that it's more acceptable for women to foray into masculinity anyway, mostly out of like a, yeah, just a general acceptance of femininity. Whereas for men to grow out their hair or a, a, a general acceptance of masculinity, um, if men grow out their hair, though, it's seen as a performance of femininity, which is a inferior, so or seen as inferior, um, and therefore, you know, reviled. Basically, um, any sign of wanting to be feminine is is hated by m masses, by the masses. Um, it's and and God apparently because God gives a fuck. Um, like what what current clothes people are wearing, like Jesus wore dress, like, like, 
like of all the things to be mad at, like y'all depict Jesus as having long hair and wearing dresses that went down to the like and sandals. Like, what is wrong with anyway? Um, yeah. So my the point about masculinity and hair is just that like any amount of effort put into hair is just a sign that you have to like you don't have the privilege to not think about it um and and not not having to think about it as a privilege that that white people i think take for granted for granted (laughs) you take it for granted um but yeah so that's and I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything more specific about masculinity. All I know is when I do wear my hair short, like when my hair is short, when people can't see it, um, can't see that I've done it or done anything to it, uh, I get he hemmed a lot. And I like that. I like being he hemmed. It's fun. People are very, I, I don't know, it's very interesting how people interact with you when you get he hemmed. Um, and I have finished. I finished my hair. I'm gonna let it dry. Um, it looks okay. It's pretty decent. I'm. It's the first time I've done this in quite a few months. Uh, this specific hairstyle. So, it's it was bound to be a little rough. Um, but and hopefully, honestly, like hopefully, I can just see my hairdresser later, and she'll just chop all of this off for me. Um, that would be a huge favor, and we can work with what's left. But it looks okay for now. Um, thanks for sticking with me through this. But we're also I have twenty minutes left, which is uh, more than enough time to put lotion on my body. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other self care things that I could even do while I'm talking to you guys. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do that. But yeah, I definitely get he he hemmed a lot more. And also, <laughs> I don't know. I think it what one thing that's fine, very interesting to me is um, the difference between people who knew me before I chopped off my hair and people who have only met me since I've had short hair. Because I would say like people who met me after I got my sh- after I cut my hair off, like when they look at pictures of me with long hair, they think I still look just as masculine. Personally, when I look at my own pictures um of me with long hair I'm like I do not see it like I just look like a different person like I'm like I look like such a different more feminine person in these photos just because my hair is long but other people are like no you still have the same facial features and like you still carry yourself in the same way um so I guess I don't know masculinity is an uh, is an illusion it's a performance <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, like, I'm sure maybe you guys can hear me putting lotion on, which, I don't know, if that's a kink, please stop. (laughs) Um, I just need to, like, be moisturized, and I wanted you guys to, to be included, to feel included in my processes, my after shower process, but, um, please don't be weird, (laughs) don't make it weird, wait, um, so the and, and 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 I'm gonna talk about moisturization because the uh, the thought about like my long hair and and something very fun we'll definitely get into my time at the working at a movie theater. Um, I pretty much worked at a movie theater. I never cut my hair uh, the entire time I worked at that movie theater, but I was still very masculine when I was there. And one of the things about me <laughs> that people read as masculine was my scent of. So I'm gonna fight anchor this stupid broke bitch. Um, something I don't know what the fuck happened, but it only recorded 13 minutes of what I recorded for my last 30 minutes of the podcast. So yeah, I'm gonna fight this stupid broke bitch. But I was talking about my hair and masculinity and my scent and masculinity. And I don't know if you guys got the story about me working at the movie theater and people reading my scent as masculine, which 
added to a sort of gender euphoria and getting he hemmed. Um, but I'm just going to, since this is frustrating, and I'm still going to have about 50 minutes of content based on um, even just what I record right now. Uh, I'm going to like do my little wrap up basically because I mean, I feel like I didn't say that much. Hopefully, I don't know. Was that the lotion? I don't know. Maybe. I uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that I just kind of was rehashing um, in that segment. So I guess I'm going to close out the segment by just kind of talking about my view of gender. I guess I can get into it now. I have the time since Anchor want to play around, um, want to fuck around. <sighs> yeah, so gender is, yeah, that was the thing about like genitals. Um, I That was the thing. I told that story that I don't want to get back into. <laughs> I told a story about a time I got catcalled at a gas station um, when I still presented as feminine and I don't, yeah, I think like we don't need to get back into that. First of all, like I think you can all basically picture it, but essentially um, four guys, one me, um, three of them were in the gas station with me. And one of the guys was outside getting pumping gas, but you know, I didn't, I said I was going to not get into it. Um, But that did take up a nice little chunk of time. Um, talking about that story but it just it was one of the things that pushed me over the edge and confirmed to me that I had to stop existing <laughs> in this manner um, that I needed to get out of it like partially because of the expectations of performance of gendered performance and all gender truly is performance but it was it's just a performance I don't feel like taking part in um, and like I can perform like if people want me to perform like I can for sure but I don't want to perform like I will perform on my own accord and if you don't like it well you it sucks <laughs> um, if you want me to in a time that I don't want to that's you're not getting that you're just plain not getting that I simply won't um, so yeah but it was I was talking about the even the concept of catcalling and like the concept of treating someone differently based on their genitals. Um, it's very sad and disappointing that our entire society is split into types of genitals, essentially. Um, and you wear clothes that signify what type of genitals you have. And there are, you know, the the people with one set of genitals are allowed to just harass you if they have deemed that you have the other type of set. Um, and that's, you know, it's fucked up. Like, <laughs> it's fucked up on a very deep level, but um, it bothers me a lot because it's, nonsensical and the way that we treat everything with the way that everything is gendered based on genitals uh is nonsensical like people's genitals don't determine what their interests are going to be and we treat them like they are but it's just demonstrably not true like we like people are allowed to be into whatever they want and it's like genuinely never determined by what set of genitals they have um it's every other factor basically <laughs> but the the genitals they have do not determine what interests they're going to be they're going to have like honestly the, the way that people talk about gender i'm like waiting for them to realize that it makes as much sense as believing that black people don't do certain things or 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 are incapable of doing some certain things like People genuinely think that black people have uh, uh, cognitive disabilities compared to white people, but it's demonstrably not true. There are as many smart black people on the planet as there are smart white people or smart people of any other race. Um, it's the access to education that is unequal. Um, but it's like the same, like people treat gender in this way that it's like, oh, you know, well, like people with these genitals are are into the color pink and princesses and dolls and 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 people with the, the other set of genitals are into sports and 
and and tools like it doesn't make any sense (laughs) and i don't understand why people don't just let children have interests uh people get angry because of gendered in gendered hobbies uh, because their child wants to participate in a gendered hobby that doesn't match what it and, and, and match their genitals like and we i think that's the basis of a lot of people's childhood traumas is like there's like you know not being able to do what you want something that makes you happy like not being like not only not being able to do something that makes you happy but being shamed for doing something that makes you happy for wanting to do something that will make you happy um is and that's i think a, a way that a lot of queer and trans and gender nonconforming kids feel <laughs> growing up is that they were not allowed to explore certain interests because those interests were gendered differently um, and it doesn't make sense to children that's why they get upset that's why it bothers you so much and that's why it stays with you for your entire life because it actually doesn't make sense because you're a five-year-old and all you know about genitals is that you use them to pee and you literally like all of your quote-unquote hormones like children don't even have hormones they are too small to have them um so you have they have all the same ones as the children with other genitals it's like nothing about them is different functionally from children with other genitals but we treat them so differently (laughs) and when you want to you know participate in activities that were quote unquote created or quote unquote focused on that other set then that's a problem it becomes a problem for people and it just (laughs) but with children children genuinely don't understand why it's a problem because it isn't one because it's one that's made up it's rules that are made up and the people who enforce these rules are just the the ones who live under them like it's gender is a prison where the guards are the prisoners like the most stringent guards the police like they too they are the ones who are imprisoned they they fight for their own imprisonment and not only for their own imprisonment for the imprisonment of other people and they pass it down through generations and teach children the wrong message about these they they, they teach children about this this prison that doesn't exist <laughs> but they're like these are the rules you don't understand these are the rules but it's like literally who says like who what like what's and why like and most of most of the rules it's like oh christianity <laughs> Um, that, and so, you know, it's, it's like, well, that's, you know, that's not everybody's rules. You don't have to, so, so it's not the rules. Like, quite frankly, it's not a law. I mean, there, there are a lot of anti-trans bills that are coming through the pipe, but none of them explicitly, expressly make it illegal to be trans like there of course have been laws in the past in the united states especially that's like oh well if you are you know found out as being one of these people then you are going to go to prison for it which is what (laughs) the prison industrial complex locking niggas up um i got two more minutes to talk about gender and then we're going to talk about bound um but it's (laughs) it's it's just genuinely like upsetting to think about that's like once you start to realize that it's like oh yeah people don't get to choose their genitals and but then like when they come out like their genitals determine all these things about them and it's like but i didn't choose that and so who said what do you mean like all of these things were imposed on me and it doesn't make any sense until you're older and it's like oh other people came up with it and actually it, it just makes less sense like once you start to think about it it makes even less sense um but children don't think about it they're told right and wrong from their parents and then they go about their life um and with with that set of right and wrong and it's not until they're introduced to something else to other ideas of what right and wrong are that they realize again like this gender shit don't make any sense like <sighs> It's super disappointing that my people are in shackles. They, it just don't make any sense. It just don't make any. And it's sad um, that it it rules everyone's life. Like it's something as, 
like it's something so pervasive that we don't notice it until it becomes pointed out until you until you feel something that's wrong with it but it's like a lot of people I don't know I don't know how but it's just like there's scores of people most people spend their whole life like they get the script for gender and sexuality and they just follow it and I like I got the script and I knew something was wrong to begin with. Like when from a very young age, I was getting the script and I was like, this is incorrect. And I was like, this just cannot be it because this can't be it for me. Like you're wrong. <laughs> and I can't imagine. I mean, I know like if I had been born in another time, like I still would have been as radical as I felt that I could have been. Um, like I just know even the, just because you know i was i was raised in like the girl power era of like well women have been in the workplace for a long time now but we're still not equals so let's get equality in the workplace for women and while we're talking about white women let's be honest um but it's like even if i had been born in a time when women weren't in the workplace for very long i mean as a black person like that's just demonstrably not true. I mean, like if I had been born at a time when white women weren't in the workplace, like it still would have been like working for me. And it's, I still would have been as butch and mask as I possibly could have. Um, and I would have, you know, I probably would have played, lo played along as long as I could have. And I maybe would have had to have one or two kids and marry a man for a while. But I know eventually I would have ended up where I needed to be like, come on, I was gay as hell from the beginning. Um, Okay. I I had said that I was going to take those minutes where hmm I'm trying to think trying to remember because it cut me off at 13 fucking minutes. So I'm like, do I want to do the full 15? Do I want to go all the way through? I'm going to plug my social media right now. Um it is on Instagram Walker Range W A L K E R R A I N G E. Um, and that's on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, um, yeah, follow me at Walker Range. Ask me questions there. Ask me questions here on Anchor or uh, you can't ask questions on Spotify. I am also on Spotify if you want to listen to my playlists or something. Um, but at, at, again, at Walker Range. Um, and in five seconds, I'm going to start talking about Bound. I'm going to talk about Bound for three minutes and go. So Bound is the 1996 film by the Wachowskis. Um, it is a lesbian noir film. And it basically takes the script for noirs and it throws it out the window. Um, if you are familiar at all with noirs, you'll know that there's usually a straight man, a, a, a dick, a, 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 a man who who is a detective of some kind and gets involved in some crime. And then there's usually some spider woman, some black widow woman who tempts this straight man into darkness to do crime or help her in some way. Um, and in this film, our straight man is a butch lesbian <laughs> and our spider woman is, you know, works for the mob sort of, um, does sex work for the mob technically um and basically these two lesbians come together and they rob the mob uh it's a great time <laughs> it subverts everything you thought you knew about noirs and it's the best story um every scene is packed with tension and action and it displays homoerotic like sapphic erotica in such a beautiful way that I genuinely don't understand. Like, I mean, I wasn't born, so I didn't know. And I also had no concept of lesbianism for the first quite a few years of my life. But if I had been around <clears throat> to see Bound, like, I probably would have not thought the Wachowski brothers were completely, or I'm sorry to dead name them but like at the time i would not have thought that these were just two cis het white men like there is no way that two cis het white men wrote this beautiful passionate love story and and directed this um erotic sex scene between these two women um it just doesn't make sense and so th them having both come out um as trans women makes sense because they're also both lesbians i believe um so it's like yeah that that fucking tracks because <laughs> because bound was not directed by two cis het 
white men like it wasn't like i re- like, it just wasn't um then or now like it wasn't and so like had i been around then i would have been like that's not true <laughs> i would have just denied it if you told me that um so yeah but uh you know fucking watch bound it's on hulu currently um it's always on a different streaming service but see if you can find it and um don't you know don't uh don't dead name the wachowskis fucking yeah that's all i have to say i will talk to you guys sometime soon bye